Does it serve them? We're live. We are live. Let's hit our amazing video this morning. I'm loving the shirt, brother. You know what I am loving, Dan, is you being on What the Truck yesterday. How was that experience? <laughs> talk to us all about it. If everybody missed, tell everybody about what you talked about and how they can go and check out that episode you did with Junior. Um, it was awesome. I mean, I, I love it's my second or third time being on What the Truck. And the 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 it the conversations are so fast because Dooner puts like he jams like seven people into an episode, right? Yes. And uh, it was uh, this 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 time around, it was actually way better than the last time. So I don't know what system they're using, but it's got this like counter on the side. Yeah, so goes just, I know you're not a sports TV watching guy, but like there's a show yeah. called uh, Pardon the Interruption. Um, it's Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser. They've been doing the show for over 20 years. They've so. I don't want to say they stole it, but if you watch an episode of PTI, you'll understand it. They they stole the exact thing on the right hand side, kind yeah, of sequencing, ticker, yeah. so people see what's coming up, right? Yeah, yeah. and um, really cool. Um, played some videos. We talked about um, my belief that the free market's not actually down; it, it's individual commodity markets that are down. So if you're, um, you know, depending on what you move, your business is impacted. Right. Like my construction business that I move is busier than ever. Like literally they can't keep up the, the demand, um, you know, retails down. So we, we talked a little bit about that. We talked a little bit about surviving cancer um, nice. and some of the, uh, the, the, you know, things that I've realized from it, realizing that I had to go through it kind of things, you know, and it was, um, it was awesome. 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 Dooner's a great guy. I've always liked Dooner. Yeah, I love Dooner. I think he's he's one of the great guys, and I love his. I love, you know what? He's he's one of the cool guys. You know, it's one of the one of the shows that it just feels fresh um, every time I kind of go into it because they have like different topics. And you know, I liked where he put up the TikTok of like the double broker. That was so funny. Uh, the Rick oh Ross look like that was, and, that was. And it's funny. I've seen that video three times now since then. Really? But when he put it up, I was like, oh my god! And here's the thing, you know, and it's funny because you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. My, my response to it last night as I was thinking about it and just thinking about how brazen this dude is. Um, if he's making $1,000, right? At, at, like he said he was, right? I'm making $1,000 off you and I'm double brokering it to you. Mm -hmm. Somebody in that mix isn't getting paid. 
it's it's just it's in my opinion, it's almost impossible because this is just FAK he's talking about, general freight. Yep. And so as a carrier, he's going to take it in. He's going to take the money. He's going to double broker it to you and make $1,000. So either you're doing it, meaning you, whoever's moving the freight, is doing it for nothing and losing money, or there's something in the interim where somebody's not getting paid. Hmm. It's the only thing I can think, I, like, when you think about it, right? Like, I'm sure you've made big rips. We won't get into it, but I've made huge rips before, um, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 on loads when it was pharmaceuticals, when it was worth seven, eight, nine million dollars $9,000,000. And I remember people saying to me in my office, like, yeah, that, that's huge profit. I go, yeah, it's $10 million worth of freight. So if I have a claim, I can make $4,000 every shipment and move a shipment a week at the end of the year, one claim could wipe out all my profit with lawyer fees. Yep. So yep. like, let's be realistic in the margins we make. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I, you know, the, the, like I said to Dooner, pay attention to the source, right? The language, the attitude, you know, showing his house and his cars and his, you know, obviously he's, uh, you know, I don't know. I've always thought those types of people have are very insecure. Um, he, he's doing things in the very gray to black area of mm-hmm. the industry. Yep. Don't get me wrong, Ryan. Double brokering has been around forever. That's what I, I, I think. It's 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 more prevalent now, but it's been around forever. And you know, you and I. I don't even know if it is, brother. I think it's more talked about now. When I first started almost 30 years ago, my first three customers were U.S. brokers because they had no idea how Mm. to run freight to Canada. Retrans, Mark 7, like all of these people were were U.S. brokers who had no idea how to run freight to Canada. So they would broker it to me. I would broker it to a Canadian truck. But there's a difference. Like even today, I would say if you're a broker – and you know a U.S. broker that has a better connection with U.S. trucks and you're a Canadian broker, use that U.S. broker as long as there's a relationship. Who's the end carrier? I won't, I won't try and steal you. Like, there, there's got to be that because they have better connections that you can better serve your customer. Yep. And in the end, if the freight gets picked up and delivered and the customer's goals are achieved and everybody can make a buck, and everybody's planning on paying everybody, then utilize people that have the best connections. And that sometimes means double brokering. I I think what is being talked about is the fact that I have, like I steal somebody's MC, I get a a, a subscription to a load board. I say, I'll take your load. You're gonna pay me a thousand bucks. I put it back on the load board and I pay somebody $2,000. Yeah. Right. They pick up, they deliver, they send me the POD. I send it to you. I rush to get my payment. I never pay them. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, that's completely different. Yeah. That's the right? scam. And, and that's been around forever, man. I think like, never, never. like I'm, I've been knocking on wood. I've never had any of my freight double brokered. Um, but you know, I think like it, it's a different ball game when it comes to like Canada and the States, because I know for Canada, we have like so many, like we have like so many rules here. Like when I used to um, do like U- U.S. domestic freight or any kind of U.S. And then we had like a ITS and then you'd have like these carriers like calling in with like Google. Like for me, I was like, if they have a Google or a Yahoo email, I ain't touching that. 
Um, but for, for the most part, like that's what everybody is, or they're just owner operators, you know, like a, a two truck or one truck and a wife and a husband, uh, kind of gig. Right. So, um, just <laughs> regarding the video, cause that's what I want to kind of get back to. Like the video was sure, yeah. eye opening. It was hilarious yes. to me. I'll be completely transparent. I'm, I'm sorry for anybody who, who lost whatever, but it it's, it just shows you what kind of world we kind of live in, you know, because like we got scammers everywhere. I was telling you yesterday offline that, you know, like on TikTok, there's like digital panhandlers now, you know, people are just yeah. putting up their e-transfer information and just literally begging people for money. And I just think, you know, you, you, you just got to be smart with it. And when he was talking about like 7,000 from Los Angeles to Florida or something like that, I was like, hey, if it sounds like it's too good to be true, like <laughs> it is too good to be true. Right. So, yeah. um, it, and it brings up today's in today's topic. So. The reason why I brought up, uh, do you love what you do as a question mark? Um, I had some great conversations this morning before I we, we got on the show. And today's just been a day. Like you and I are both saying, like, we, we've been up and at it really early and, and working hard. But, you know, the themes that I'm getting from the conversations that I'm having is, you know, burnt out, um, losing GP, uh, losing like your pro, like not making as much as you were doing like last year, uh, going against up that uphill battle and, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Um, I remember I had a conversation with um, a shipping manager last week who's a great friend of mine. And literally when we got on the Zoom, he was like, hey, man, is it me or does it feel like everyone's just burnt out? And I was and I asked, I inquired for more. He's like, yeah, everybody I talk to, you know, broker, carrier, even my colleagues, everyone's kind of doing there. And, you know, finding that love. And I have a com- not necessarily a confession, but I've kind of always said that, you know, like logistics is not what I love to do and things like that. But Within the last 30 days, I've kind of like revigorated that I actually really love this industry because I'm able to, I've been talking to a lot more people, whether it be in Toastmasters or going out and having conversations with different people and getting that first conversation. Hey, what do you do? And then hearing like, you know, I work at this, I'm an analyst for this, or I work at this or whatever. And then being able to kind of explain, hey, what I do, you know, everything touches a truck. I kind of keep the world going and all of us do. And I found that love again for it. So the conversation, it can go in many ways, but Dan, what do you think about, um, what do you think about, well, let me ask you that. Do you love what you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. The only other thing I'd probably rather do is get paid to snowmobile. I was, was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. And is that uh, a thing though, by the way, is that a thing? Like do people, Oh yeah. Like, huge. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. There, there's, there's, I mean, you look at Chris Barant, um, Chris Barant, he was part of the sled neck culture. He was one of the originators of sled necks guys doing backflips on sleds in the mountains. Um, he's created, you know, a hundred million dollar business snowmobiling Jeez. and like Barant's backcountry adventures in Colorado and Whistler, BC. He go, he all he does is every day in the winter is go out and take people out snowmobiling and makes so cool. a mint. He gets to modify sleds all the time, him and his crew, and like and there there's all sorts of people that you know, sponsorships, um, like you know, Klein or all the different, you know, Skidoo, Polaris, all these people give them free sleds and sponsor them so they pay them monster energy. All these and they you make, guys are listening right now, you know. Dan needs a sponsor, you know. So I don't know if I'm that good, buddy. We'll see this year because I plan on going hardcore, but um depending on how many bones I break. But um <laughs> uh, you know, it's um for sure it's it's an industry. And you know, you look at it and there's more people now 
um, getting into what they call the back country, uh, which is like through the woods, up mountains, as opposed to trail riding mm-hmm. um, and ditch banging. Like I, I ditch bang more than I trail ride. And what that means is literally on the side of the road in the country, you got six foot swells in the ditch and they're just filled with snow. And you're just literally like cruising through this powder and jumping people's driveways. And I mean, it's, it's the most fun you can have in a snowsuit. And um, it's, yeah, that would probably be the only thing. But other than that, no, I couldn't imagine being in another business. The, the people you get to talk to, the stories you get to share, um, the lessons you learn. Um, the, like, and I, I know I've probably said it before, but some of the greatest feelings on the planet is helping somebody achieve a goal um, and watching their face as things unfold. You know, one of my customers that never got a bonus because of all the issues they had with, with overcharges and stuff, when we were able to put a solid plan together and they went from like 1.96 million and demerged to zero the next year. And for the first time in five years, they got a bonus. Mm-hmm. And I remember he bought a, an above ground pool for his kids. And he, he just the look on his face, watching them swim, the demeanor that he had for like the next four months through the summer, like all of it was worth every single day of putting this plan together, working the plan, working the plan. Like it was, it changed everything. And watching that made me realize more and more and more, like this industry is all about helping their customers solve their problems. Like who doesn't want their customer to hang up the phone with this huge smile on the face after they spoke to them or, you know, at the end of the year, get something they haven't gotten five years. And and they were like these, this whole team were stressed to the gills trying to make things work. And they just couldn't put a plan together because they didn't understand logistics. And we came in understanding that end of the business and were able to do it. Mm. And that feeling is like, watching your, your child graduate with honors and and just the smile on their face or even graduating if they've put like so much effort energy it was the same feeling i got when my daughter got out of school and got her dream job within two weeks yeah like that unbelievable feeling of overwhelmed joy and love and admiration and being proud like yeah. being so proud of my daughter being so proud of my customers not that i did it but proud that they achieved their goal because you never have to say oh because of you know the, they yeah. know they know yeah, 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 they know. equation yeah. you know and and that to me is just uh, it, it's created and don't get me wrong i've hated this industry before like in mm-hmm. 0809 my attitude my my ego I hated this industry. I was like, these people are fucking assholes. Like, are you kidding me? I've been breaking my back for years and some little glitch in the economy. And you're asking me for reductions in rates. And and I was furious with the industry. I was like, you're all frigging, you all cut each other's throats. You're all assholes. You don't know what you're doing. Um, It was like what I would, the words that were coming out of my mouth in 0809, Ryan, you probably wouldn't even want to be in a room with me. No Mm. joke. Cause I was just so, mean and I was got I'm probably evil I would be a better word like everybody was just dickweeds 
<laughs> All right, we're we're uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, Tuesday, and we're uh, we're letting it fly today. Uh, we're, no, we're, I like uh, we're gonna get canceled. It's all good. It's all good, man. It's uh, it's one. No, but you know what? It's that true emotion that I think was is really cool to kind of see. And for me, I think there was two mindsets that I've kind of had. Uh, the first one was when I was able to kind of see my shipments on the road or see what my shipments did. Yeah, and the joy that it brought to people. And the second part is, I don't know. For me, it's when. Like we talk about, we don't talk from a place of ego, but my favorite thing is like, let's say one of my customers, like they leave and they go to a different company and they reach out to you to bring you into the mix without you having to like reach out or something like that. Like they'll shoot you a LinkedIn message and be like, Hey, let's get on the phone and bring it there. They're just like, wow, thank you for thinking of me. Like, I didn't think that I would be at this, like, like at this table or, or in like that. I just thought I was just another person. Right. But you had to obviously be doing something great in order for, for, for them to want to do that for you. So yeah, I, I think when, when it comes to like loving what you do, I, I think to myself, like I still do have like don't want to be in this forever because like we can, yeah. we can kind of see from here but at the end of the day like i i still see myself like he even at like whatever age i get up to like 70 80 years old like talking to people about logistics and how important and just seeing the change of that right of of what kind of goes on because you know for me it, logistics doesn't just doesn't stop with commodities or anything like that like i always like see you know when you see like the animal trucks on the highway you know the horses or like the pigs and the chickens unfortunately if they're going to a slaughterhouse i'm so sorry um but just to kind of see how they arranged that whole logistic operation you know it's so cool i've always kind of wanted to like move like live sharks or something like that to the zoo or something like that but there's there's no you know I think I would encourage everybody who's especially remote, like, you know, it's easy to kind of get down and be like, hey, I really don't want to do this today. I want to do like watch Netflix all day or maybe I'll make the calls tomorrow. But, you know, we always kind of talk about this do what's required today so that you can achieve whatever you really want to achieve. And, you know, it's, it's just a testament to everybody in the industry. Right. It's I've worked in other careers and everything's like that when it comes to sales. And it's just like maybe we're poaching after the same customers. Like, I don't know if you've noticed this, Dan, but if you switch a provider. So I switch from Rogers to Bell. Uh, they're the two telecom companies here. Rogers comes to my door like every single day, <laughs> you know, asking with their promo codes and asking me to switch. And I'm like, you guys, if, if you guys would actually do the job, then it was. But the irony is that if I was to switch over back to Rogers, bell would be at my door like the next couple days or something like yeah. that right so um i i just love what the, what this brings man and you know this is i, I want to lead into this because this is a great conversation and this is uh something that i read um that made a lot of sense to me so it said dan that what is it how oh, sorry happiness no uh money can't buy happiness but the next part that really hit with me was like poverty can't buy anything though and for me, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, what does happiness kind of look like to you? Um, and let's talk about after, after, after cancer and everything like that. Um, in your business itself, what what did you put up with before that you're like, I ain't putting up with this now anymore? You know, life life is too Shit short customers. to be worrying about things. Sorry, Shit customers. Mm. Um, people that don't. Um. <sighs> Well, I mean, I'll just say, um, people that don't strive for more, Mm. I have zero interest in them because I believe we are the sum of the five people we surround ourselves with the most. And I want to be with go-getters. I want to be with people that have great conversations about what's possible, not what's impossible. Mm. Um, and when I say go-getters, it doesn't necessarily mean owning a $100 million company, every one of them. It's go-getters. It's just people that want better things in their life. Yeah. You know, people that, that you know, want to do things, want to do things that, you know, 
hey, why don't we go to, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, an escape room this weekend. Sure, let's do it. Let's try it. Never been to one. Let's go to Axor. Sure, let's try it. Never been to one. You know, like people that want to do things that are different, that getting out and enjoying life um, from a business perspective, I'm very selective as to who I work with. Very selective. And to me, um, you know, family life, I, I found a newfound perception of love and energy and family with going through cancer. Um, so I, I never have to worry about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that perspective has changed for life and, and it's good. But, but I'll tell you, it's experiences with my family, um, you know, generating enough revenue and generating a bit, creating a business. So before cancer, I was creating a business that would give me the lifestyle I wanted. Yeah. But that business was all me. Mm. Now I've realized any business that's all you, you've just bought yourself a job. It's not yeah. an actual business because yep. you can't leave. Like I go on vacation. I, I, nothing's there for, to close people. Yeah. I go on vacation. You know what I mean? So now, as you know, like with Bridger, we've developed one of the greatest teams on the planet, I think. Yep. to build this company. So I go away on vacation with my family, showing them a new experience. Things are going to progress and continue to climb. You go away. Bridger is going to progress and continue to climb because we've put people in place to make those things happen. Um, it's the first time I've ever done that. Mm. And even my brokerage company, one of my business partners was the financial end. The other one was the accounting and, and administration. I was the operating partner. So if I didn't work, the company didn't generate. Mm. And we got up to 35 million in, in under two years. And so, you know, even at that point though, even at that point, I only hired one person. The company was making bank. Yeah, you I should have hired 15 people yeah. and grew it again. But I was of that mindset. I have to do it or else it's not going to get done. Because yeah. even the salesperson I hired, I thought was a go-getter and I'm closing deals three times faster than he was. Right. But it's like, that person's not you. They operate at their own speed. Exactly. And how do I know six months from then he might've had 25 deals in the pipeline that would have crushed it. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's, but now it's, it's a totally different perspective. And I love that. I love that. I think um, I saw TikTok yesterday. I forgot the guy's name, but he was like, you know, when I was growing up, I thought like, you know, being, being happy was having a big car, having the Lamborghini, going the trips, doing the like first class, like, um, like airplane rides and stuff like that. But he's like, no, it's that time that you kind of get back and doing those new experiences. And that's one thing that's really, really important. That that's what I love to do with my wife is like, you know, we try different things. Um, we got a little kind of joke that we might, I don't know, might turn into reality, but we're like, what if we just like try, we love nachos. What if we try nachos around the city, you know, and kind of made like nuts and stuff like that and have fun with it. And I think, you know, one of the most important things for us is like loving Understanding that there's gonna be times when like, hey, it's gonna be boring, but then loving what we kind of do, right? Because like for me, like eat the same thing. My routines are exactly the same every single day. But like you said, Dan, if it's like somebody calls you up and be like, hey, um, let's go try this restaurant that you never tried before. Instead of being like, uh, I don't know, let's go back to our normal kind of thing. It's just like, okay, cool. 
So, you know, let's let's kind of yeah. go into it. And I think with with I, I want to relate this back to like logistics sales reps as well. It's just like, hey, if you're in a place and you feel stagnant and let's say your numbers have dropped and, you know, get out of the mindset of like, you know, it was ops or it was customer service or, you know, they're dropping the ball. You know, at the end of the day, you have to be accountable for yourself. Right. So if it's a situation where those things are not hitting, then it's all your fault, man. It's it, or, or like, you know, it's, it's up to you to make the design life the life that you want. You know, yeah. and I, I think that's my message to everyone kind of, you know, there's opportunity everywhere. Well, and it's, it, you know what? Get out and just walk into an industrial area and just knock on doors. Change yeah. what you're doing. Like, like alter that, you know, oh, it's the same old shit every day, Groundhog Day feeling. Yep. You know, I remember when we went on a Caribbean cruise, you know, you talk about going around the city for nachos. My number one thing was I wanted to eat a roti on every island. Mm. And it was like, it was fun because it was, I don't know if the kids thought it was fun, but yeah. <laughs> I remember getting off at one of the islands and I'm like, and we get off the boat and I'm like, where's the roti shop? And this person's like, oh, you go down here, down here. And the kids probably wanted to go to the beach and I'm like, yeah. just, just, just do a roti shop. But it was, it was like one of those things where it, it was, you know, I can now say I ate in roti on five different Caribbean islands and, and they were all really remember. good. Yeah. Well, that's- it's what I remember. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to Maybe we'll ask the kids and we'll ask Christine, right? But, you know, it, it's one of those thoughts that we kind of have. And, you know, we want you, the message, the takeaway for today, for everyone who's watching, either watching, listening to this on audio or watching the, re- the video again on YouTube, is, like, do a check, you know? Like, I, I love to say this. We're five months away from Christmas, man. It's it's that time to really dig in and figure out what you really, really want to do. Do you love what you do? Um, so with that being said, you know, we're happy to have everybody here and we'll, we'll have those topics again. Uh, Dan hit us with our final thoughts, my man. Uh, final thoughts. You know what, Ryan, I love that you brought this up. Um, you know, if you don't absolutely love what you do, just remember that procrastination, um, avoidance and everything that those are times when it really kicks in. And if you're finding that's happening, sit back and start thinking about the really cool things you've experienced in this industry. Because, you know, a year like this can bring people down, yeah. right? Um, especially coming af- off, you know, a three, four-year high. Mm-hmm. Um, but just remember also that it's the, th- the, the areas that you're in. It's the commodities that you're in that suffer. It's like I said yesterday. The first thing I said to Dooner yesterday was, you think pharmaceuticals are going through a recession? Not a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. There's still billions in pharmaceuticals being sold so it's commodities that go on roller coasters diversify create a new niche in somewhere you know creating that new niche actually ryan will bring up that enthusiasm that energy that motivation because it's like oh my god i got something new i can try it you know and keep doing it that's my final thought for you guys for the day what about you brother yeah, just honestly, just go out and, and try new things. And, you know, and speaking of new things, if you're watching this for the first time, catch us tomorrow with Data Day with our main man, Dean Croak and the Bodacious Cowboy. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Take care, everybody.